This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Okay, guys, it's a biggie today. Mm. We're challenged, we're talking, we're chewing the cud over vaccines. Should your kids get them? Well, and all the all the discussions around it, you know, university, oh, clubs, you know, division amongst friendship groups. Yeah. We we go all over the place. I really like that chat, but it's really good. Yeah, it's a really good one. Hello and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. Um, there was really no other decision as to what we were going to talk about today other than the vaccination for um, teenagers because it's just everywhere. Apparently Boris is raging. Mind you, I heard him on the on the radio this morning. He was definitely trying very hard not to rage. About what? Apparently he's raging about young people, not enough young people taking up the vaccine. Michael Gove yesterday called uh, the young people that didn't selfish, yeah. um, which I which outraged me. Right. Um, I think then I, th- I reckon soon there'll be a statement saying he misspoke, right. because the ministers that have spoken today are all trying to backtrack massively. Yeah. And, as Boris said, I think we can. I think we can turn that around and say um, it's a very generous thing. Do get vaccinated, <laughs> but they're obviously behind closed doors so going we're talking, mad. We're talking about the rights and wrongs, and whether you should allow your young children or teenagers to get vaccinated. But we're also talking about. I mean, we've had a lot of comments on vaccine passports, so we're mm. conflating the two things. Because well, think just the whole. Things. I think it's just the whole discussion yeah. around vaccines, yeah. isn't it? I mean, for me, I feel that in a way they are playing politics with our young people because they, they, they're sort of giving them a stick and then showing them the whip, you know. Yeah. I mean... Or they the dangling only... carrot. Oh, that's it. <laughs> you went for an s and analogy. <laughs> I'm going for the donkey analogy. Thank you, darling. Yeah. Um, you know, one minute they're, they're hinting. Yeah. I mean, most young people believe now that you can't get in a club unless you're double vaccinated. Very clever. Yeah. Because actually, that's only been a rumour. That hasn't been Well, no, been that's approved. only happening in September. Well, it's not definite because they because apparently Boris isn't totally sure he'll get the support from that either from backbenchers or yeah, yeah. or the Labour Party. So um, it's not fact. Um, I think you know. Put, I believe, of course, this isn't this isn't fact. This is just what I think. When they keep putting all these places that people want, the young people want to go on holiday on the amber list, or possibly it could go red. You know, they have a huge influx every time they talk about this. People coming in asking for the yeah. vaccine. Yeah. I mean, I think both Mark and I, and I know that many of, you, of our listeners feel the same way, that actually young people have had a pretty shit time over the last 18 months. I mean, if you go right back to the don't kill your granny comment and, you know, their lives totally put on pause, their educations, their social lives, their love lives, everything. And it seems now the respect that every other... Oh, excuse me, the respect that every other group has been given in the way that the government have tried to cajole them into getting the vaccines. When you think of all the groups that have that have resisted it, 
I think to try to try and sledgehammer young people into it, Gove saying that they're selfish, um, you know, threatening them with the vaccine passports for the nightclubs, where nobody else has been threatened, no other section of society has been threatened with one of the most important things. And I just feel they're having a really hard time. Why not? talk to them, appeal to them, try and bring them round in the same way that you have every other group in society. I think they've had a bit of a shit time, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't entirely disagree, but at the same time, you've also uh, outlined all the reasons why they should be vaccinated. In the same breath, you've oh. said precisely why everyone should get a vaccination. I mean, the ways and means that well, you get... Well, actually, I don't think everybody should get... I don't agree means, with that. Well, no, but the ways and means you go about... OK, every healthy person, everyone in the country, you know, just to lay the groundwork, we've, me and Nadia have both been double-jabbed. Um, Maddie is free to make her own choice. She's 18. Uh, and Kiki currently falls outside, though she's eligible, she falls outside the legal obligation to, uh, to, get, to get be vaccinated. No, I mean, what I'm saying is that everything you've just said there, yeah, I don't like the stick and the carrot. I don't like the, uh, the threat. I don't like the idea that you are going to be prejudiced against if you can't get, you know, mm. if you haven't been double-jabbed and all that kind of stuff. My thinking on all of this is, is that... You know, youngsters will find increasing freedoms if they do get double jabbed. Yeah. The, you know, nearly all the research shows that the vaccines for the vast majority of people are safe. Um, and if you're safely vaccinated, like people are generally vaccinated for other conditions, like people don't at all sort of squirm or get awkward about being vaccinated to go to, you know, certain countries in Africa, South America, where you have to get a vaccination. You don't, people don't suddenly sort of throw a hissy fit about their human rights and all this kind of stuff. And you do when you go through customs, have to present a yellow card or whatever it is that you need. Okay, that's much more rarefied. There's much more choice in whether you go to that country and all that kind of stuff. Because a lot of people use that as an equivalent. But I do think, my, my feeling on the whole getting youngsters out, I worry that all this passport thing, getting into clubs, the threat of it getting into pubs, as you rightly say, I didn't see any passports being needed for the Euro Championships. Exactly. Um, although Andrew Lloyd Webber has talked about the, it's inevitable that they're going to be passports to get into theatres. Um, my worry with it all is... Not enough effort has been made into finding an alternative way to make it safe. For example, if we had a test and trace system that worked, if we had lateral flow mm. tests that were reliable, mm. if we had a more successful form of testing on entry or testing prior to entry, mm. it would at the very least give mm. people who, for whatever reasons, don't want their civil liberties taken away or feel very powerfully about it, in a democracy, you allow them to have that feeling. I feel well, very absolutely. wrong sitting in a room and prejudicing against them and sort of taking against them because they haven't, you know, taken a and, and And that's why I didn't like the word when you, that you used should because I don't think it should. I get really cross with both sides that get cross with the other side's choice. Yeah, okay. So somebody that, that, that has fears and has genuine concerns about the vaccines should absolutely have the right to not put that vaccine into their arm if they don't want to. Yeah. I mean, we have been very cautious about it and very worried about it. My whole adult life, I've used natural medicine, I've used homeopathy very successfully. Um, I can't think of many other situations where I'd have had a vaccine, but um, in, in my adult life, apart from, as you say, when I go abroad, I have the ones that I absolutely have to. I don't have all the extras, the great long list of extras that yeah. they give you, but whatever I'm legally obliged to, to have, I have. 
And but I've made the decision because I'm very, very frightened of COVID. And I think at my age and my health and, you know, I'm overweight and I'm not terribly fit, I'm more scared of that. And I'm more scared of the world not getting back on its feet. And I think about how blessed we are in this country to be to have the choice but that is the point it's got to be a choice and neither side should be pointing the finger at each other and saying you're you're a disgrace for your doing this and I know from friends of mine that in some friendship groups in the in the in in teens there is terrible prejudice Mm, going on mm, appalling Kids being, ostracized, you know, ostracized, bullied. bullied because they're not taking the vaccine, and I that frightens me yeah. because it starts to make me feel like we're in East Germany or yeah. somewhere, and we're with the Stasi, and it's like you have to keep a secret what your choices are. Yeah. I mean, even at work, I notice if somebody talks to me that isn't or doesn't want the vaccine, they whisper. Yeah. So so quietly. Um, you know, Mark, it's really scary. I don't well, like that, yeah. that we whisper even in our own homes now about choices we might But interestingly, make. I bumped into someone, an old friend the other day in the street, and they hadn't been vaccinated. And I went to give them a hug. And um, he said, no, 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 mustn't hug. I've not been vaccinated. And we sort of did the elbows. And I thought, that's all right. And it, it, you know, he, he's a nice guy. He, he he's made his own choice. He's made his own decision. He's enacting, as, as he said. We talked about the COVID crisis, and he said, "I'm not a denier." He said, "It's awful. Many people have had an awful experience." He said, "I want. I, I've just decided for myself. It's not the right thing for me." And I said, "That's fine. You know, if you're an and act- he's seventy, yeah. And if you're enacting all these all these kind of social distancing measures and all that kind of stuff for yourself, and you recognise some of the limitations that you're going to have." One other thing that I would say, I would be less sort of, and, and I'm not anti-passports, but I'd be because I, I just don't agree that this is a huge taking away of civil liberties. I'm with you though. If people don't want to get vaccinated or are against the vaccine passport, they're totally entitled to their opinion. And we live totally in a democracy. Into, yeah, they're li- totally entitled to take yeah. the risk. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are going to get. I mean, we're doing brilliantly with the vaccination. We are going to get the, the numbers that we need vaccinated. I totally believe mm. that we are. And those people that just feel I'd rather take my chances with the virus. Mm. We have to allow people that choice, otherwise yeah. we're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a police state. I just want to say, because so I, don't want, I don't want to forget this, um, I think it would be really much easier to sell to, to those people who are resistant to, say, mm. the vaccination or the passport system if the government was to say, this is a temporary measure, this is a measure that's going to be reviewed. There's, this isn't, you know, indefinite, mm. this situation. Mm. Once we get to a herd immunity, we're going to sort of, you know, dial yes. back yeah, all the restrictions. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. And, you know, I think in that language of saying, look, this isn't forever, this isn't for good. Maybe they can't say that because they don't know. Well, no, they don't know, but their preference... Well, if they don't know that, they equally, a lot of people would argue, don't know what the long-term effects of the vaccines are going to be. So you can't, mm. you know, if, if we can buy into one thing, mm. we can also buy but into the other. But I think we all know we don't know what the long-term effects are. Well, we can't do, because we've only lived with COVID yeah. for this long. And we so, don't know what the long-term... Yeah. It's trust. Well, We're I making a decision they... based on trust. Well, yeah, a, a, a healthy dose of that. But also, I think, yeah... I think both ways, either way, isn't it? Because long COVID is a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, our daughter has long COVID. You know, yeah. she, she has no sense of taste or smell well, whatsoever. You've you raised something that's really important. For example, and what I mean by this is, I think they're trying to go for a one-size-fits-all sort of approach, when in fact, I think, like with all these things, maybe a more nuanced approach is what's needed. I've just mentioned before that perhaps more effort needs to be put into 
ways of getting people who've chosen not to be vaccinated into places and, mm. and so they can experience the same things as people, restaurants, what have you. I mean, sometimes I worry we're going to have uh, segregation in restaurants like in mm. the South of America years ago. Mm. You sit on the non-vaccinated side, you sit on the vaccinated side. Um, Was that a thing then? What do you, you said back in South America? Yeah, it's segregation in South America and the civil... When, oh, sorry, I yeah, thought you were talking saying, vaccination, segregation. Oh, right, I'm sorry, actual segregation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that, that would be one thing. But also, I think, um, you know, one of, one of the other things to try and understand is that young, where are young people coming from? Rather than just dismissing where they're coming from, why could they be feeling what they're feeling? And I think, yes, we recognise that there's a civic responsibility for everyone else. You know, it's a major part of it. You're not just getting the vaccine for you. You're getting the vaccine for other people. I accept that. It's why we've done it. It's, you know. But I think there's a difference when you're 50 and over, when you're essentially doing this to kind of preserve quality of life for the end of our lives. Let's mm. not be sort of, I know, not that old, but let's not beat around the bush. Whereas for youngsters, they've got their entire life ahead of them. Mm. And they've also heard, and they believe, that the vast majority of older people have been vaccinated. So you can exactly. forgive them, you can forgive them exactly. for thinking that the and narrative also, means that they can mm. be a little bit freer in their choices. And also, they have been exposed to the whys and wherefores as to whether to get the vaccine or not. You know, there's a lot of misinformation about what's happened to a lot of people when they've had the vaccine and vice versa. So, the, you know, Maddie, uh, you know, has... has has, and I said to her, you've got to be careful because a lot of this might not be actual news. But she's come so many times to me with things that have happened to people with the vaccine yeah. and then vice versa. And she has been oscillating between whether she wants to get it or not. Now, she's 18. We've discussed with her the pros and cons. I mean, the fact that she's already had it yeah. means that she has... Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. She has a natural, you know, a brilliant... She's had an immune response to it already. Of course, as they always say, we don't know how long the antibodies work, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, so we've had the conversation with her and now it's very much up to her what she chooses to do. And actually, I think we're going to find out when we hear from her today because we don't know yeah. yet what her decision is, do we? So we'll hear from her in a minute. But yeah. you've just reminded me of something I was kind of paddling around trying to remember as I was speaking. And going back to this idea that they're using a sort of metaphorical sledgehammer or a one-size-fits-all, to use that phrase again, um, you know, like for people like Maddie who have had yeah. COVID, is there not some other nuanced way, again, of having antibody tests? Exactly. You know, if her antibodies, which we were told when she had an antibody test, they said you've got higher antibodies than someone who's been vaccinated. Mm. She had 87%. Yeah, yeah, you know, is there really a need for them to be vaccinated yet? You know, and I think it's not about us saying yes or no. It's about can the science rigorously, without being sort of saying it has to be this way or it's the highway, say, well, actually, you know what, what and I don't mm. think... I, I, I think we will get to that. Well, I hope I so. Think because at the moment, you can get into some countries where you have to be vaccinated yeah. if you have a certificate saying that you've had COVID in the last six months. Now, yeah. she's eight months, ten mm. months down the line. So it would that antibody test she mm. had would be null and void. But what about if she had another antibody test? Yeah. And she's still 87%. And apart from anything else... There's a whole world out there that need these vaccines. So yeah. If we're vaccinating people that have had a strong immune response as already, mm. that that in itself is crazy yeah. because so many of these young people have had it. 
no, already, agree. that we're now going to vaccinate them as well. And I do want to knock into the long grass right at the outset this idea that, you know, these governments are wanting to control... I mean, I'm, OK, I'm talking about Western Canada, Australia, uh, America, Britain. This idea that somehow this is some kind of strange uh, programme to kind of enslave us all. Let me just give, give you one reason why that's not the case. All those countries exist within a capitalist free market mm. that can only sustain itself with free movement of mm. goods and people. Mm. The last thing mm. these governments want are these all these kinds of controls. So no, because it's like shooting themselves really in the difficult. eye. They yeah. wouldn't do it. But I recognise. And so part of me, when I'm being favourable to the government and the decisions that they're making, sometimes I think there has to be a sledgehammer to solve this problem. We are heading into the autumn. We don't know what this autumn or winter is going to be like, even though the numbers are looking good. We don't know how long antibodies are going to sustain themselves. There's a whole booster thing that's looking to come in, which could be, could be upset or made difficult if, if a lot of young people are still getting their second jab going mm. into September. Mm. So I recognise it's difficult. Um, but also, the, this is our lives, you know, the, mm. these are our bodies. Well, part of the reason that, 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 that is rumoured today that they're going to, that our government is going to lift restrictions on people coming in from the EU is that they are hugely frustrated with themselves that we have this high vaccination rate and yet we are still losing... Billions, millions billions. upon millions each week um, from that restricted travel. Yeah. So, you know, they're greedy buggers, this lot. They ain't going to be losing money if they don't have to. No, exactly. And only today they've talked about the fact that uh, they're going to move lots more countries onto the amber list, uh, the UK mm. government, uh, mm. I think America and places like that. They're going to allow people to travel in. Mm. Though these countries won't allow us to travel to them yet, we're going to allow people in so that we can kick up the tourist industry again. So should we have a listen to Maddie? Yeah. So um, with the vaccine, with this uh, generation, you know, my age group, um, obviously I totally understand that the vaccine brings, you know, a lot of... It's a very positive thing in the sense that it brings down cases and, you know, transmission isn't as bad. But I feel just like our age group is more threatened um, by taking the vaccine than any other age group. And I understand that, you know, people my age are more likely to be going to big places like nightclubs and festivals and parties and are going to be going out more and going to be at more risk. Um, but I think that I've always thought that it would be totally unfair to force a vaccine or any type of medicine or something onto somebody. Um, and... I don't know, I've just found the vaccine, this vaccine, it's just made a lot of people very scary and there's almost this thing in this generation that we're almost being peer pressured into taking this vaccine. And like a lot of my friends, you know, and me, I, you know, if somebody isn't taking the vaccine, I'm just more like they have a different opinion. I personally want to get the vaccine um, just so that I'm, I just kind of got the, yeah, I just feel safer, I guess, and that I can, I'm able to go and do these things that I wouldn't be able to if I didn't. But I totally respect and don't really have a problem with anybody my age that doesn't want to get it or feels uneasy. And I also think that the word anti-vax is being thrown around far too much. And, you know, I know plenty of people that aren't anti-vax um, and are very, like, pro-vaccine. But even they are kind of sceptical of this one and are a bit scared of it and they want to at least just kind of see how it plays out for a few months before they actually get it. And I think to be forcing it on everybody 
straight away and not having any room for discussion or debate or, you know, not letting anybody be sceptical of it is... It's just made it really scary. And like I've said, uh, the thing I always hoped would come from COVID-19 and this whole pandemic is that it would bring everybody together a lot more and we'd learn that we need to kind of pull together as a, as a, a world and, you know, fight this thing to get, kind of work together and just yeah get along do you know what I mean and realize what we're doing wrong and how we've kind of messed up the world and that this whole pandemic and this virus has been so much worse because of the climate and the way we treat the planet but what seemed to come from all of this instead is that it's just divided everybody so much um and kind of nobody there's yeah there's just no room for having a different opinion or just discussing something, do you know what I mean? It's, I just feel with this vaccine, you can't even talk about it or question it without being attacked and just accused of being anti-vax and inconsiderate of other people's lives. And I just think that that's really wrong. Um, and I just don't personally understand why people, like I said, seem to just be attacking this age group far more than any elderly person or person at high risk that's refusing to take the vaccine um and yeah I just I just feel like it's scary times it was scary enough everybody was divided enough as it was you know and this vaccine has just kind of divided people even more I've had a lot of people in my friendship group which can't understand why someone else in the friendship group doesn't want to get the vaccine and has just ended the friendship and stuff and then People aren't talking to other people, um, ending relationships, friendships, communication, just because somebody is sceptical of this vaccine. And I just think that it's just been blown far out of, like, too far out of proportion. And people are just getting far too angry. And I totally understand that we're all sick of this virus and we all just want it over and we just want to do whatever we can to get rid of it as soon as we possibly can as well. But I think it's still important to respect other people's opinions and... The last thing we should be doing is ending friendships and the people that are close to us, you know, pushing away the people that are closest to us just because you can't have the same opinion, you know. Um, so I do find it really scary um, for the sake of other people that I know that don't want to get the vaccine, not even because they're not getting the vaccine, but because of how other people are reacting and how angry other people are getting about it. Um, I, so yeah, I just I just think it's really wrong to be forcing and taking away every person that doesn't want to get the vaccines rights away. That would never be right, and it, that that's never going to be right, whether it was this vaccine or any other vaccine. Um, so yeah, I I'm definitely very worried about how everything's going to play out and how this is all going to go. I'm already worried about it, and I just think it's really scary times. And it was scary enough for people my age with COVID because we were so judged and bullied if we broke any rules, even though every single person in the world has broken at least one COVID rule, do you know what I mean? But I just feel my age group, because, you know, we're seen as the teenagers that don't give a shit about anybody else and just do what we want, because we're seen as that and because we're seen as selfish and all these other things, we just seem to be attacked the most. Um, I just think if you're going to attack people over it <laughs> just it shouldn't be kind of um narrowed down to just one age group and one generation that you should just be mad at whoever doesn't want to get the vaccine not just it being a young person 
Um, I think there also needs to be more of an understanding that it is scary if you're going to see really awful, horrible stories of people reacting really badly to the vaccine. That would scare anyone. It's not a case of just being like, oh, well, the scientists have said it's fine, so then just get it and don't complain or be sceptical or question it. Just do it, because if a scientist has said it's safe, then it's safe. No, you're totally allowed to question it, especially if you're seeing such scary stories a lot of the time. And as we know, with social media, these kind of things get pumped out all the time. And, you know, I do think there are a lot of, there's a lot of fake news around the vaccine, obviously. But I think people need to understand if, if someone is seeing all of these stories pumped through all the time on their phone and social media, that is going to scare someone out of doing it. There just needs to be more understanding of why somebody would question the vaccine and not just immediately jump into the fact that they're an anti-vaccine inconsiderate of other people, you know. Very passionately put, and you see there what I said, she, she's always, you know, she's showing me these things that she sees on social media, and it's hard. But that's, yeah, I mean, a lot of people would argue, well, that's precisely where propaganda mm. and fake news is, is fueled. Mm. I mean, what I would say to those who will say, well, maybe you're watching them reading them on social media, let's not forget they had to make a decision or did make a decision not to use AstraZeneca on young adults. Well, exactly. So, you know, when we hear things like that, it doesn't mean you then become an anti-vaxxer. No. But it, go it gives you a little bit of an understanding or an insight, mm. listener, if perhaps you're thinking, oh, they should all just get it, they should just get it, as to why, actually, mm. it isn't a case of blind dedication to it, because we've had the government recognise mm. that AstraZeneca isn't appropriate for younger mm. adults. Mm. So you can understand, will we discover in six months that Pfizer shouldn't have been given to younger... That's where the younger adults mm. are coming from. Yeah, they, and, um, and I think Maddie beautifully and passionately you know don't call me an anti-vaxxer if i am a little sceptical and i question. want to question what i'm putting into my body and she has absolutely every human being yeah. has the right to do that without being made to feel bad and i think you know she she um articulates very well there that they that they, they feel like they're being bashed into it where everybody yeah. else was cajoled into, into it, it. Yeah. yeah exactly everyone else was invited you don't being... win hearts and minds in that way well, you just don't well she used the word peer pressure which mm. i thought was really good but also as i was listening to her and as i've listened to michael gove describing them as selfish and you you see this kind of forcing of the younger generations by by sort of stealth, if you like, by suggesting you're not going to get into nightclubs, you can't go abroad, all this kind of stuff. Um, what we have surely all found over these episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent, what we must all be able to agree on as parents is that more often than not, if you tell a teenager they have to do something, they won't do it. It doesn't work. You've got to use different language, well, you've got to I use different faces, mm. you've got to use different strategies. Their argument would be, though, we're going to give you, we're going to ask for double vac, we're going to ask for vaccine passports for clubs. I mean, they, they, they are carroting and sticking there, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, is, is that good politics? Is that creative politics? Edwina Curry was saying that on the radio the other day, you know, that, oh, Boris is, you know, he's, 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 um, what was it? He's a creative. He's a creative politician. You know, most politicians wouldn't think in that way. And, but, but like you said, Mark, perfectly, these teens aren't stupid. No. They see that those, those demands weren't made on the football. 
Yes. So it feels like yeah. you're being penalised for being young for being again. Young. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, and I and it did break my heart. There, obviously, we know a bit more about behind the scenes with what Maddie was talking about. That some friends have ostracised other friends, and I think that that's mm. I, that really really worries me. Well, and the fact that she said that, I can't remember what the word was she said there that it feels almost more frightening than in the middle of the pandemic because mm. she's seeing relationships breaking up. It's more divisive, mm. and we don't want that. There's so much anger and rage out there on there the street. So much, we don't so want much. that for them within their friendship. But group. I do think, sort of societally, we're looking for ways to kind of expel our sort of, or, you know, expunge or whatever the word is, or express even, sound like Boris now. Our fury with mm. what we've all been through. And it, the next mm. thing we can vent our spleen And those that have all yeah, those. I mean, have, yeah. I mean, I've had exactly that kind of rage from me, from people, because I have had it. Yes. It, you know, let's just stop being yeah, angry absolutely. with people making different choices. Term, That's what makes us human. The term anti-vax <laughs> has been entirely weaponised. It and it's really be, has. And it's become a sort of way of closing down all discussion. You're either in it or yeah, you're out of it. Yeah, and anyone that has any questions about it is a lunatic, and yeah. that is not right. No. So let's have a listen to Carlitos. I'm up for having the vaccination, you know. I'm not worried about it. The way I see it is that the top, top scientists have said, you know, this will prevent COVID or this will help prevent COVID, and they know a lot more about it than I do. Um... I've had COVID already and it wasn't fun. So this fact, if, you know, if this vaccine prevents it from happening again, then I'm, I'm willing to try it. Um, I don't feel like I'm pressured to have one though, or, nor do I pressure people to. I don't think anyone should really have a sense of judgment towards anyone else's choices whether they, you know, whether they want the vaccine or not. All of my friends are getting the vaccine. But if one of my friends were to tell me that they're not getting it, then I wouldn't treat them any different or judge them for their decision, you know. It's their life, it's their decision to make and they're going to do what they're going to do. It's not my place to persuade them to put a vaccine in their body, do you know what I mean? Um... They're just going to do what they're going to do. I will be doing more research about it, however, before I do get it. And, you know, there's so many different types of the vaccine. I'm, I'm not sure the reason why they just couldn't make one vaccine. But also in the news, there's so much negative in the news, so much to make us worried about COVID. And, you know, it's always such heavy, deep, negative stuff. I can't watch the news anymore. You, you hear all those negative things and it just broadens your perspective and potentially just adds more weight to your shoulders. It makes you more worried about what what could happen, you know, what could happen instead of what will happen. You know, you will get those two mixed up. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if scientists say that this vaccine could potentially save my life, then... I think it might be a good idea to listen, and I think that's what I'm going to do. Very straightforward. Well, yeah, and yeah. you know, and, and and again, from a young person's mouth, you know, let's not judge each other yes, for exactly. our separate decisions, um, yeah. and respect that. Uh, people, I think people take it just so personally. Um, 
if you're not taking this vaccine, I can't go on holiday. <laughs> if you don't take this vaccine, when are the clubs going to open? Mm. And like you say, just literally putting the frustrations and anger of the last 18 months on the individual that they're talking to. And I know that has happened in some of my friends when they talked about their their child's friendship mm. group. That's the sort of thing that's going on. You're not having a vaccine. You know, I want to go. I want to go to Magaluf this yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I'm holding you completely responsible for this. Yes. Uh, it's got a bit, bit warped, I think. But also, I mean, there are many other situations. I mean, like for our lines of work, one needs to be, you know, double jabbed for insurance policies, for access mm. to, to do stuff. I mean, I think there are still PCR tests and testing. You know, I just wonder whether there just could be a, a testing system that's robust and works for those... That have who, had it. Well, not only those who have had it, but those, yeah, who have had it and other people who, who can have the right not to have it. Mm. But, um, and I do wonder, as I've said What's before... and I'll say, people that um, can't have it? Are they going to have to have a vaccine pass? I think uh, so. They're going to be so. exempt? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, I mean, again, I, I, I'll reiterate what I think. I think the government could do a good job of saying, we don't want this forever, we're hoping things will shift and change. Mm. So that, I think that would take some of the heat mm. out of it, and they might find more people take it up or, or, or perhaps get jabbed if they think, OK, well, this isn't going to be forever. Do you mm. want to admit? I don't know. I just, I just think it's about, it's about language and it's about tone if I'm honest. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're just a bit worried that she might tell you off, you could always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. I just wanted to read this. We're going to look at some of our socials that have come in. Can I read this one and then perhaps mm -hmm. you go to the other one? Um, I'm going to keep you anonymous just because it's, again, isn't it terrible that one has to keep people anonymous because for fear of people mm. going a bit nuts? Let's just call you M. M. If the <clears throat> says, if the vaccine works, surely people who don't want it are only putting themselves at risk. I've chosen to have it as, an, as I'm 36, but my daughter is 13... And I don't think I would decide for her, as there is no way of knowing if there's long-term effects from what we have. If there is, I will be old, and it won't really matter, but she would be starting her adult life, maybe wanting a family. All sorts of medication have long-term effects and all sorts have nothing. I'm not willing to gamble my daughter's health when COVID may not affect her, so I can understand 18-year-olds also mm. being hesitant. Em, that's very much how I feel about our youngest. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I think she had it, so she's had an immune response. Um, yeah. And they're saying now, I mean, the JCVI um, put out uh, a statement a few weeks ago, didn't they, saying, and I didn't realise this, you know, there, there is not the data there yet to support this idea that people as young as that get mm. long COVID. Mm. And also that actually that the transmission, they've always said the transmission isn't high from children, mm. I suppose because they don't get the same viral, the viral load. Isn't as much yeah. As yeah. So, so really, you know, if you're sat looking at the pros and cons and, and writing them down for your young child, I, you know, I can, I totally... 
mm. um, understand that, Em. And, um, but she also mentions the thing I mentioned earlier, and she's only 36, this yeah. idea that, you know, we can make the choices because we've either lived our lives or we know what how our lives are yeah. going to sort of move. But youngsters have no idea where, they, where, they're, where they're going or what they're going to do. Mm. And also, I'd just like to say, you know, if, if the government sticks with this and says, you know what, we don't actually think there's a, a pr profoundly sort of compelling reason for under 13 to get the vaccine, I would see that as a very trusting... I, I mm. trust that. I trust that as an approach. I would see that as, oh, my God, this government can make nuanced decisions rather than just using a sledgehammer across all generations. Mm. So this was a lovely message. You've said that you've rambled on, Sarah, but you didn't, and I actually really liked what you were saying, so I'll, I'll just truncate it a bit. So basically, Sarah was saying that, you know, she takes huge um, uh, care with what she puts into her body, you know, she chooses antiperspirants without uh, toxins, She's she doesn't take contraception because hormones affect her body, uh, she works with a dietitian to match the right foods for her body. When her periods went weird, she knew immediately, and she went to doctor. So all this sort of thing, very in touch with her mm. body. Um, she said, but, but, but basically, the point behind my essay is, I know my body, body better than anyone else. I trust my intuition more than anything and know it's always spot on. I don't get a good feeling about the vaccine and I know I have to listen to that. I can live without a club. Now I'm starting to feel what's next for my freedom because of a choice I'm making for my own body. Right. This frightens me for my 16-year-old daughter who is trusting my guidance at the moment. But I know if things start getting restricted for her, she will consider it. And I can't stop her, obviously, as she's making a choice for her own body. This country, head-exploding emoji. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a really coherent, yeah. like, absolutely. Not an anti-vaxxer. That's not an anti, a, a rabid anti-vaxxer with no thought. This is somebody that is saying, I have concerns. Mm. I'm very in touch with my body. I'm very... And I just think, yeah, don't mm. throw the hate. And, and also, I feel your pain as a parent bright back at you when your child is looking at you big-eyed big for guidance and you're thinking, well... We've actually closed our eyes, held our nose and jumped into the freezing swimming pool ourselves to have this vaccine. So, yeah. you know, and then when your child is asking you whether they should do the same, it's very, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, Zoe here says, my son, who's only 13, has decided himself he will be getting it to protect him and my, him, me and himself. I don't have a spleen, so I have a compromised immune system. Yet it's always a worry with, yes, it's always a worry with regards to our children, but he's one smart cookie and makes me the proudest mum alive. Oh. I've still to get my second too, but hopefully in around a month's time, I got the AstraZeneca, even though it should have been the Pfizer for my age. So the next one I'm going to drop in a clinic and standing my ground. I feel all the scaremongering is causing us all unnecessary stress and anxiety. Yes, with all the vaccines, there can be side effects, but in my opinion, getting the vaccine is nothing compared to getting COVID. Mm. Um, you know, and again, is it, yeah, the, the biggest thing I think that's coming out of this chat is tolerance. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Sheena B says, my daughter got hers today. She's so happy and feeling perfect after it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of... I mean, it did break my heart when they first opened it up to 18-year-olds and those huge queues snaking around mm. universities and down streets and up hills. Because, of course, it wasn't that they wanted the vaccine. They were just thinking, this is freedom. Mm. Our freedoms are going to be given I mean, back. there is talk about universities double considering yeah. being double vaccinated to go to college. Yeah, um, that's you know, that I was be... gonna, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, uh, when we started this chat, I thought um, we must remember to talk yeah. about the um, and that's another huge carrot huge. and stick 
or what was it? A whip and a what, yeah. you said? Um, so this is from Becky. I'm an anxious person and very anti-putting anything into my body like this. But at work, I'm hugely pressurised and laughed at, made to feel a problem. Massive division being caused. Yeah. This is what this is what I hate. This is what I hate because they've you are prepared to take the risk of getting COVID and all the potential horrors of getting COVID, yeah. right? So. Why would somebody be horrible to you if they are double vaccinated? I don't get it. They're well, protected. Well, yes, but I mean, I think the argument when I think about the the case that we've heard, we've immunity? heard. Well, the, the argument is that it, transmissibility can still happen. Though we're beginning to increasingly see that transmissibility is going down, mm. along with hospitalisations. And at yes. this point today, we've had seven days of, of the numbers mm. dropping every day. Seven days of it. But do you know what the hostility reminds me of? Sometimes it's the same sort of hostility we've occasionally met because we homeschool our kids. It's this idea that if, if you, you do, do something, something different, different mm. you're a threat. Well, because it destabilises people, doesn't it? If, if you think you've made all the right decisions and you're safe in your decision and somebody makes a different one. Yeah. I mean, it's just the very basis of bloody democracy here. Yeah, surely. Life. Julia, my son's a DJ. He doesn't want the jab, but kind of feels if he wants to do an Ibiza season or work in Holland and even the UK, then he has no choice, which is so wrong. Yeah, because he should be allowed to have the choice to get ill. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing. Um, oh. I thought that was a dog bark. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> but it wasn't. We're in our house, so yeah. we don't have the usual... Um, and also, I think a really good contrast that you flagged up is that, um, that I think really needs to be stressed again, is that youngsters, obviously there were a lot of youngsters at the football matches, mm. they will look at... They will look at the fact that, you know, 60,000 football fans were all allowed into... Uh, a stadium, um, some of them double vaccinated, but some of them took tests or had to prove mm. that they'd taken tests. Mm. You know, and they'll see that and they'll think, well, why were they not? Why yeah. were they allowed to have their moment in the sun? Exactly. Literally, uh, whereas we're not allowed to. Exactly. I really want to read this. I hadn't thought of this. Kim Akides. My daughter Lachides. says... Lakides. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. My daughters say the girls are all keen to get vaccine, but the boys don't seem oh, bothered. Right. That's so classic. Men oh, are always the funny. worst at going to the doctor. Maybe that's hadn't because thought men of are the, the most division there. Um, <laughs> But a lot of men can't stand injections. Yeah. Emma Katrina. I think it should be personal choice. I don't feel people should be forced to have a trial. Yeah. Um... Um, I'm a parent of five and have three teens who've been offered the jab. I'm double vaccinated, but don't feel like I want my teens to have theirs because everything is still super new. Mm. Although all three of them are happy to have their jabs, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. Um, thanks, guys. Again, there were countless more comments wow, uh, so that, many. that we could have read out. But um, I think the biggest line in this is, is be tolerant. You can question the vaccine for yourself and your children without being an anti-vaxxer. Mm. I think we, we need to not keep throwing that around. For me, an anti-vaxxer, what is an anti-vaxxer? For me, an anti-vaxxer is someone who's trying to force their opinion on others by skewing the science and the data. Someone who's wanting to challenge the, the, the information they're getting for themselves mm. in a sort of localised way for their family and mm. friends, that's a very different thing. Mm. For me, an anti-vaxxer is about promoting this, this, this narrative. And I think it's important that really no one promotes one narrative, that we are all open to discussion. And I'll go back to, if the, if the government can discover that AstraZeneca wasn't appropriate for youngsters, that gives some merit to us having a sort of inquiring mind around mm. this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? 
And you know, both both Carlitos and Maddie put it so beautifully. You know, let's just let's just not judge. Exactly. Mm. Carrot stick. Oh, I don't know. Whip. I got confused. Well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>